welcoming everyone. There's a lot of people joining us today, actually first time on the live Zoom, so that's fantastic. And it's always good to see you. And of course, if you can't make it, that's fine. Um, I think everybody should be excited to know that there are 189 people participating in this program the last time I checked, which is just so incredible and such an unbelievable coming together of of our community that recognize that together we can um, really add to our personal well-being, which is just so important at a time like this. I'd like to thank this week's sponsors, Anonymous, friends of Sarah Leia Bas Mordechai Bear. We're so grateful for their sponsorship. And I will um, use one second just to make a solicitation and ask that if there's anybody who's interested in sponsoring starting next week, Rabbi David Schoonmaker will be uh, teaching uh, the Ramchal's perspective on hope and bitachon. I've seen the source sheets. It looks like it's going to be also as wonderful as we've had. The week after that will be um, Rabbi Hirschfeld, and I haven't spoken to him yet about what he's going to be teaching. So stay tuned, and you know we hope the war ends soon, but we will continue learning together um, as long as there's interest and and need. Um, okay. Let's get started. Okay. So let's quickly recap what we did yesterday was this new article from Reb Chaim Shmulevitz where Chazal, um, uh, using a Pasuk in Mishle, um, one who grabs the door, uh, the ears of a dog, right, as the dog is passing, uh, is like a person who gets involved in an argument that's not his. Meaning... Chazal learned from over here that um, that Yaakov Avinu, uh, by sending a present to Esav, awakened something in Esav that um, that Esav wouldn't have thought of. Meaning, uh, it says that Esav Ayelach Ladarko, Chazal say, he was going on his way. He actually wasn't going after Yaakov. In other words, probably bygones are bygones. It was a long time, right? And by Yaakov sending him a present, he created a situation that wasn't necessarily going to happen. Okay, so Chaim Shalevit said that Chazal, and this is the Pashup Shad in Chazal, have a claim uh, against Yaakov because there was no Sakana at all in reality. Okay, it was Yaakov created the sakana, the, the danger between him and Esav by sending Esav the present, right? By awakening something in Esav that Esav would really have not taken note of. The fact that Yaakov came, um, the fact that Yaakov came uh, back to Eretz Yisrael, and don't forget, God assured him that he has nothing to worry about, and yet he wanted to send a present to Esav, right? He wanted to send a present to Esav. Uh, that, uh, the Chazal say, and Chaim Shulevitz points this out, uh, caused Esav to take note, like grabbing the ears of the dog when he's just passing, right? And then he begins to know, what does this really teach us? This really teaches us that, that 
sometimes when you send a present to someone, it doesn't make them become nice to you. It actually awakens something that wasn't there before. Namely, you're scared of me, right? Um, that was, was awakened in Esav, that Yaakov is scared of him because he's sending him a present. So this is a very big Musar Haskel for us that we have to know. By sending a present to your enemy, you don't necessarily get him on your side. You actually get him to say to think, you know what? This guy's afraid of me, so let me attack him. Okay, and Reb Chaim Shlevitz, as in his um, uh, in his his unique way, brings a beautiful riot to this from a Chazal in the Tochacha. That's the second par- paragraph on page six. It says when the Jews go into the Galut, uh, their lives will be hanging in uncertainty before, and they will be afraid night and day, and they won't, and you won't believe in your life, meaning you won't feel a certainty about your life, which sounds like our history in the diaspora. But Chazal drashed this Pasuk, and Rebchaim Shlavis is going to ask a big question on it. Vamru Chazal, if I'm not mistaken, Rashi actually brings it. What does this mean that your life is hanging in uncertainty in front of you? This is one who, ta- who buys um, corn and wheat to stock up from year to year. Rashi says, She'en lo karkel is roa. He doesn't have his own field, so he has to buy it from somebody else. His life is uh, hanging in uncertainty because he doesn't also have money next year. So when he buys money this year, he buys, I mean, wheat and barley or whatever it is this year, he's worried about next year. And um, he's afraid night and day. What does that mean? This is a person who, who buys wheat or barley from Erev Shabbos to Erev Shabbos every week. Okay? That person is even more nervous. Okay? What does that mean? And this is the, your, 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 your life will be hanging in uncertainty, that's the harshest part, right? Um, that's the one who relies upon the baker, meaning he doesn't even have his own wheat and barley. Uh, he, he relies upon the baker for the bread. So that means your life is never certain. Now, asks a bomb on this. You can't say that this condition uh, that you, remi- you, you rely upon a baker who you can't say that that's a klola. It's, it's, it's a curse. Why? Uh, this was the situation of the, the Dorha Midbar, which means the, the generation of Midbar. The Jewish people didn't have bread for the next day. 
and they had to rely upon the baker. The baker happened to be God. That is considered the loftiest and highest level to just rely upon God. Somebody who has bread, to the, to the contrary, someone who has bread and food for many years, right? and he's not worried. Some miftacho b'ashem. He is. Uh, he has. Um, he has belief and trust in his money, and he doesn't have bitachon b'ashem. Vim came maya So what is the klola? This is in the tochacha of sefer dvarim parshas kitavo that this is a klola that you have to rely upon the baker. Rav says that's not a klola. That's the dara midbar. So why do they call it a klala? Venera. And Chaimfalas comes up with a tremendous chiddush here. Venera. Shabavade Matsiyah Zukishalatz Mosha Adam Ainlo Klumi Shalolif Toach Bo Ella Husomach Legamli Al Shulchan Akadish Parkle Hamazminit Kolt Tzrachav. Certainly, he says, this, 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 um, Matsiyut means, uh, this reality for itself that a person doesn't have his own, right? And uh, to rely upon, but he relies completely on the on the on the um, on the table of God, who gives him all his needs. You don't have a greater Ganadin. The real klola becomes when how the person's relating to a situation. He's not, he doesn't evaluate properly the situation, the lofty situations he's in. And through not evaluating it properly and not having the right attitude, he turns it into the biggest klola gehenim. Because he's afraid, he has everything. We know people like that. They have everything, and yet they're always afraid that they're going to lose it. Right? One guy once said to me, he once said to me, uh, a close acquaintance of mine, he said to me, you know, Yitzchak, this, this acquaintance is very wealthy. He says, I'm more afraid of, of ha- you know, the fact that I have a lot of money, right? I'm more afraid than you because if you, you don't have much money, so there's not much to lose. If I lose my money, I'm really in trouble, right? So this fellow has, you know, a few million dollars is afraid all the time that he might lose the money. I never have that fear because I don't have it to begin with, right? So yeah. the point over here is, the point over here is that, it, it depends on the attitude. The attitude could either be Dor HaMidbar, getting mun from a Kodesh Baruch Hu every day, or it could be the, the biggest klola because you have fears that what am I going to eat tomorrow? Therefore, the tocha doesn't use the language, quote, you'll, you'll buy uh, wheat and barley crops from year to year, Umer Shabbos, Shabbos, the Samachta Paltar, 
and you, rem- you re- rely upon the palter. The Pusik doesn't use those terms. Shelo zui klola. The klola is not this. What is the klola? Kiim vayu chayecha minegen. The, the clue is that you're viewing your life, right, hanging in uncertainty, right? That is the problem over here. Your life is uncertainty. Nimtza, new paragraph. Because he's not relying upon God, right? Like Yaakov did in his case, he didn't rely upon God, what God told him, and he sent the present to Esau. Or in the case of the Tochacha, he's not relying upon God, and he's waiting for the baker, so to speak, um, to give him bread, right? So that person has turned um, turned the Dora Midbar, his, his matzav, his position, that as if he was one of the people in the Midbar, into... A tochacha into a rebuke into a gehenim. Lozu bulvat el shalidek came beemis mishtanem matzavon. And here he says very interesting. He says not only that, but in reality it changes. Reshuvein azochliyos samach al shulchan shalma shalmakom elat sarch litroch vaamola asigas parnasa parnasasa. He says something interesting. I don't know if you ever heard that the Alter Rebbe of Chabad. Balatanya used to say, Tracht gut, then sein gut. If you think positive, if you think good, will be good. So everybody interprets that as something psychological. Think positive, and psychologically, it'll be positive. No, the, the Balatanya said, if you think positive, it will become positive. God will make sure it's positive. So Rabchaim Shalevin says that here. He says, by the person not relying upon God, and looking at it as it is a um, uncertainty, and he's hanging, you know, in this uncertainty, he's hanging on, you know, a very thin um, rope, right, a tight rope. He, so in in reality, they came his his matzav truly changes, and now he can't rely upon God. It truly becomes a klola. In reality, it's not just psychological that. He, he, it's that it, that it's that it's a cloa. It becomes reality. So if we don't have bitachon b'ashem, then we're going to have to have bitachon in ourselves because God is not going to help us. But if we have bitachon b'ashem, right, and we don't, and we don't do things to awaken our enemies like Yaakov did, right, then we could be assured that we're going to be safe. But the minute we awaken our enemies. By sending a message of fear, that really becomes the reality. That becomes reality. Then we have to be afraid. And that's a very, very problematic hashkafa. And therefore, Chaim Shlovitz is saying that don't awaken the dog by pulling their ears. Don't awaken the enemy by attracting them, by distracting them. Let them go on their way. Right, Vayelech Ladarko, it says about Asa. He went on his way. Let him go. Don't try to get his, don't try to get his, get him to to um to notice you. Because when you get the enemy to notice you, at the end of the day, you're gonna be sorry because the enemy's gonna see that when you try to help the enemy, 
when you try to give the enemy jobs and you try to give them presents and help them financially and help them build build their their cities right they don't view that as they view that as oh the jewish people are afraid of us now we can take advantage of it okay that is the second episode of Rabbi Shmuel Levin.